Today we talk to Steve Earle about his new tribute album to his old buddy Jerry Jeff Walker. We find Steve at his new home in Battery Park, New York, having just put young John Henry to bed. I was finally able to buy a place in New York. I've been renting the whole time I've been here. I own a house in Tennessee, but I've been I've been finally able to buy a place. And, and I wanted to get a place with a swimming pool for John Henry because he lives for water. Right. So right. there's no swimming pools in the village. So we moved down yeah. to Battery Park City, down to the end cool. of the island. And so I'm looking at the Statue of Liberty out my window right now. Nice, nice. Well, you can't it's beat that. Great. And I, I like it. I, I was perfectly willing to do it for John Henry, but I like it way better than I thought I would down cool. here. Cool. Yeah. And, and yeah. what does it feel like as a fellow American who's uh, escaped uh, these days? What's it look like? Feel like looking at the Statue of Liberty with the way it's things weird are? because it's you know um, I'm looking at the Statue of Liberty and and right there is Ellis Island right. and it's, it's nighttime but you can still see it. It's all lit, you know. Yep. She's green and she's right there, you know. So I mean, I, I literally and and I could take a picture. Or show you, but it doesn't. You know how the depth of field doesn't really work right. to show you how close it is. It's because I'm two blocks from from the battery. You know, I'm yeah. I'm like two blocks to the Hudson River one direction and two blocks down to the battery the other direction. I'm in one of the original Battery Park buildings and and um on the 16th floor, so it's a pretty good view. Cool. Well, let's talk about your new record, Jerry Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know you. Uh, you obviously knew Jerry Jeff Walker and. Jerry's no longer with us, sadly. You played a tribute. What's the backstory behind how the record itself came about? Well, I mean, I was invited to come play the tribute concert, and I sang at his funeral. Um, the, he, there wasn't Susan wasn't able to have a service when he passed away because everything was locked down, so she did it months later, and I got invited. And uh, myself, Emmy, um, me, Emily O'Harris, Jeff Hanna, of course, the Dirt Band, you know, had the biggest hit. Um, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Michael Murphy was there. Um, Lloyd Mains put the band together because he had Jerry Jeff's, you know, it was Jerry Jeff's band at the end there. Yep. Um, <clears throat> who else was on it? Um, it was, uh, it was, it was cool. And of course, Django, you know, he's Django sang, he sang Getting By at that, at that show. Right. Uh, I did Hill Country Rain for the first time at that show. And I did, um, what else did I do? I did. Um, oh, I did. I did one of the guy songs. I think I did Desperado's Quick for a Train because, you know, Jerry Jess, the one that 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 made that song famous, you know. So um, my, my, the album, I wanted it to be I, I, it occurred to me, you know, there that I'd done the guy, the Townsend guy records and it just didn't make sense for me not to, to right. make the Jerry Jeff record. So those are my three guys. I mean, it's almost like but him being gone. It's almost like. When you, as when you as an adult lose the you know the the second of your parents you know yep, those yep. guys are a big deal for me and yep. and now they're gone and I'm and I'm here you know and I'm I'm still here disconnected so <laughs> it's yeah. like uh, uh, I just felt like I had to do it but what I wanted to do was he was so generous about um, he went out of his way to promote other people's songs he was a great interpreter of other people's songs. So there's that. And there's also, you write one song like Mr. Bojangles that can overshadow the rest of your work. And I wanted to make a record entirely of his songs. And, um, you yeah, know, just to, 
I've heard people call him a one songwriter and it simply wasn't true. I wanted to right. make a record that, that sort of, you know, took all the air out of that theory. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so, so you recorded it after the, uh, the tribute. So what, what kind of circumstance were you recorded in New York to do or where? I did record electric lady, which was until I moved down here, electric lady was like four blocks from my apartment. So right. I've done the last several records there. Um, because I don't, I only tour in the summer for the most part. Um, and I, I've been concentrating on theater music and staying in New York to keep John Henry in the school that he needs to go to. So, right, right. Um, so I, Electric Lady is four blocks away. So that's where I've recorded for, I made, I start goes back to Washington Square Serenade. The studio parts of that were made there for the, a lot of them was made in my apartment, but, but, uh, cause the way that record was arrived at, cause it was all about beats and, it was banjos and beats that record. Banjos you know, and so, beats, yeah. So the the um, uh, but I made a lot of records there since. I made you know, JT was made there. Uh, um, Guy was made in Nashville. Right. JT was made there. Ghost of West Virginia was made there. Um, it's you know, and and I've done a lot of kind of one-off projects at, at Electric Lady over the years. Cool, cool. So, so who was playing with you? Um, was it the Dukes? Was it? Uh, it's a Duke. Yeah. It's a Dukes record. It's, if it says Steve Rowe and the Dukes on the record, <clears throat> you know it's the, <laughs> that, that means the Dukes played on the entire record. Gotcha. If it's some of this, some of that, playing with different people, then then I'll call it just a Steve Rowe record. That's why yeah. I've always done. Okay, all righty. So my my understanding is you and Jerry Jeff went way back. Like you were his what chauffeur or something? And it's well, I, was, I didn't work for him officially. People are starting to get that <laughs> like he was actually paying me. That's not what it was. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, I was his designated driver before that term was invented. Gotcha. Uh, I basically, um, you know, I was in the, when I met Jerry Jeff. Finally, got to know him was after I moved to Nashville and I was in Guy's band, which was right. seventy. Right. And then then um, guy comes over one night and says, I just signed my, my publishing deal because guy bugged this publisher forever. And they finally signed me. And then he came over at one point after we, we did a couple of runs after his record came out. And he came over one night and he said, hey, you know, you got a publishing deal now. You need to stay here and write some songs. I need a better bass player. So <laughs> he, I got fired and uh, <laughs> very, very lovingly. I'm sure. So I was, I was there, you know, I would be there, you know, in Nashville and guy would be gone and Jerry Jeff would show up in town. Right. Cause that was my whole connection to Jerry Jeff was guy. And he figured out that um, he, for some reason had, was had some trepidation about driving in Tennessee or he, I don't know whether he didn't have a valid license at the time or whether he'd run into trouble in Tennessee because he got kicked out of Key West, you know, oh, so that's the leave Key West. That's how he ended up in Austin in the first place. So, so he just, he went, he went, preferred somebody else drive. So he knew me and, and, um, you know, I, he came and got me and my poor wife. I mean, I would just, I got to go drive Jerry Jeff around. And I would, she was, I, and sometimes it would be two or three days before I came back. Right. But, um, <laughs> He like one night he came and got me and woke me up in the middle of the night and said, Hey, I want you to play a song for Neil. And I didn't know who the hell Neil was until we got to Spence Manor. It was Neil Young. Of course. And, <laughs> and I like, but he didn't want me to play one of my songs. I went and play a David Olney song called The League of Cargo. And uh, which hurt my feelings a little bit, but I did it because I love David Olney. So and I love that song. So gotcha. <laughs> and I got to meet Neil Young. <laughs> 
So. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can't beat that. Uh, okay. So uh, uh, the uh, the song, some of the songs that you've chosen, they're not all the hits, obviously, and a lot of it is from his first album. Um, one that I kind of wanted to uh, touch on was Gypsy Songman, because uh, it's got this kind of Zydeco vibe. I'm a gypsy songman, yes, sir, would you like to hear a song? Pick it for you now, play along, my long. So blues is all you see, a song is what you need. Gypsy Songman, passing by. Yeah, the way we did it, like, I mean, that was sort of the, our touch on it was the idea of, uh, you know, more like the Cojunta thing in San Antonio where I grew up, you know? Right. But um, it's like Jerry Jess' version of it, um, it's not part, not that, it just lent itself to it. That, that, that's what it says on Jerry, Jerry Jess buried in the Texas State Cemetery. And, and his tombstone says Jerry Jeff Walker is Gypsy Songman. Right. And um, somebody told me a story the other day, but he used to open with the, that song all the time. He'd like you'd hear him coming from the back of the room and he'd walk out uh, the dressing room playing his guitar, walk up. There's all microphones in those days. No pickups, you know. Yep. Yep. So he'd, well, he'd walk up and come up the mic. And then and when he got to the mic, I'm a gypsy song, man. Yes, sir. And so I felt like it needed to be there. Um you know, there, some of the even the, there's some songs that sort of hid in plain sight. Wheel is one of them, which uh -huh. is on Viva Trilingua. But I always thought it was an incredible song. I, I, I rearranged it a little bit. I, I it, it's really long, though, in the form that he wrote it with the chorus happening after every one of those verses. So I doubled the verses right, and, right. <laughs> so that the and to shorten it a little bit. And um, and uh, I think it just I think it works like that. As a young boy, I helped the old man working in the fields. And every day we hauled the hay to the rolling of the wheels. Till one day the tractor laid the old man down to the ground. Tractor pitched him in the ditch and left a dusty sound. Oh, the wheel that kept spinning round. And I'm pretty proud of that. And I'm very proud of my version of Mr. Bojangles. And, and yep. that's a. So when, when, you, when you go into a, sing a song like that, that everybody knows inside out and has been yeah. performed thousands of times, how do you right. bring something new to it? Well, you know what? I've been, I was doing it. You don't bring anything to it. That's the first thing you forget about. Um, yeah. You just sing the fuck out of it. And, and, uh, and I sing better than I have in my whole life, I think, right now. Do my bojangles and dance for you. One eye shoes. Silver hair, ragged shirt, and baggy pants. Soft shoe. He jumps so high, jumps so high, and lightly touchdown. I've been singing that song longer than anything except for As Tears Go By. Oh, really? I learned it for a play in high school when I was in the ninth grade. As Tears Go By, I sang in a talent show. Um, like uh, in the seventh grade. So I was, 
I was 13. Or, yep. Yeah, I guess that's right. And that's our, right. And, yep. <laughs> and my, um, you know, I, I'll never forget, Marianne Faithful and I were doing a, a benefit together at Carnegie Hall. And 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 I, I told her, I said, you know, it's Tears Goodbye. It's the first song I ever sang for people, you know, for a real audience. And she said, you know what? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but um, it's um, you know, Bojangles. I I sang it for the first time when I was fourteen years old, so I know it intimately. Yeah, and I did it every night for a long time, and then I didn't do it for years, and then so dusting it back off was a little, you know, like riding a bicycle, and and. Um, you know, and I did it on the Grand Ole Opry three weeks ago. Right. What was it? And what was it like to be on the Grand Ole Opry doing that? The what? What was it like to be doing that at the Grand Ole Opry? It was it's... great. It was like, it was, I mean, I'm, I play the Opry every once in a while. I, I you know, I, I go national specific. I'll take John Henry to see his mom and I'll play the Opry for the weekend. I'll do that once in a while. And um, I still have a house there. Um, but um it was what it was, was something that's never happened to me before. I, I, I did a three song set. I closed the, I closed the Saturday night Opry and um, Jimbo Henson, who was my co-writer on a lot of the songs on guitar town um, of several of the songs that Guitar Town passed away recently, including Hillbilly Highway. So I, I opened with Copperhead road and got that business taken care of. Right. And then I did Hillbilly Highway to dedicate to Jimbo. His widow was there. And then I did Mr. Bojangles, which I hadn't performed. The single hadn't been released yet. We don't only getting by had been out. And I, um, you know, and that's an audience that some of them know who, anything about me. Some of them don't at the Opry because there's a lot of tourists and, and some yep. of the people even listen to country music. But um, it was like um, the place was full. And um, I looked up halfway through and every cell phone light in the balcony was lit. And by the time I got done, the floor was lit. And that's never happened to me singing anything anywhere. So, yeah. you know, it's just a special song. I think there's maybe, maybe there's 10 songs in English that are in that class with that song. They're not right. very many of them, you know. Yeah, yep, just, yep. They, tr they, they transcend all the boundaries, all of the, the, the categories we tried to shove music into and um, it's just uh, uh, you know it's just a very very special song right right well interesting you mentioned the, the opry and country music i mean there seems to be a lot of talk about the country music hall of fame and people are passing away and people are getting in the headlines it, it, what do you think about the state of country music these days well, I mean, I'm not going to, I think it's what it always has been. It's not, um, country music's doing really well. It's, it's, there's only two kinds of music that sell and that's, you know, and that's hip hop and country. Those that they're the main, that's the mainstream. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys that'll tell you that this isn't country that, right. that's, going on. it's just not, people said that about me. Yeah. And, and it's not, um, you know, the week that guitar town was number one, I was playing a joint in Las Vegas, you know, and the only reason I got to number one is one guy that was a fan that worked for the label carried one box of records from Memphis. I beat Alabama by one box. <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> and, and so I had that moment. I just heard, gotten the phone call and heard that we were going to be number one. And um, the day before the chart debuted and we were playing this joint. It wasn't a showroom. It was a dance hall. And you know, like I grew up with and, 
there was this guy that was dan- keep dancing by me. He knew how to turn the girl just right at the right moment and turn around to me and say, play something country. And he did that about three times. And the fourth time I stopped in the middle of a song, only time I've ever done it. And I said, you know what? I have the number one album on the Billboard country album charts this week. I decide what's country this week. <laughs> That's the same thing with these kids. I don't, I'm actually writing with some people in Nashville to try to learn how to write a song that would get on country radio because I don't know how to do it. The reason I'm doing it is to learn how I'm writing a musical of tender mercies uh, with with Horton Foote's daughter, Daisy. Right. And um, my idea for it, I don't know whether you've ever seen the movie or not, but you know, it was, it was, um, um, you know, it's like, um, it's about a, a, way down on this luck, you know, songwriter that used to be a big deal that washes up in this little town in central right. Texas and, and uh, meets this, this widow and her son. And, and it's, it's like, but there's this band and I, and they're based on Ace in the Hole, George Strait's original band. I'm sure of that because, because I think Horton's, I think it was his nephew was the drummer in Ace in the Hole. So I know for, I'm, I'm certain that that's what he, you know, I asked Daisy and she didn't know, but I'm certain that that's who he based those those characters, those boys in the movie on. They're right. much bigger deal in the musical because a lot more of it takes place in the dance hall. And so my idea is, I know how to write Max songs, you yep. know, but my idea is that the, those guys' songs are going to be absolutely contemporary country music to get on the radio right now. Then we get a shot at being Dear Evan Hansen. That's, <laughs> you know, so it's like, it just seems like the right thing to do to me to make it, Right that, right, that generational difference be there, but it's still about music that people care about. Now, you mentioned earlier you feel like your voice is stronger than it's ever been. Sounds like you're busier than you've ever been. You're writing books, you're recording, you're touring. You're at an age where a lot of people used to think, well, you can't do that anymore. What's happening? <laughs> uh, well, you don't retire when you do something that you love. That's kind of stupid. It's not, you know, retiring is not, I couldn't afford to do it anyway. Right. Um, you know, I've been married too many times to be able <laughs> yeah. to retire. So, um, and I've got a 12 year old with autism and I've got to make sure he's going to be okay. So yeah. um, that's what I do. That's what I wake up in the morning and do. And, and um, I just write all the time. I write, you know, um, the theater thing's important to me. I'm seeing a lot of theater right now. Now that we finally got coal country closed, we did it in West Virginia for the last time uh, last week. Um, I went, um, I went to Austin for the weekend for Willie's birthday. And, oh yeah, uh, and I, '89. And yep. um, he played. A, he played. <laughs> Andy had put a, a sign on the monitor that said "60 minutes" with exclamation points behind it. And he went. <laughs> 60 minutes was when he started doing the gospel stuff. And so, right. gotcha. So it was. Um, um, you know, I just uh, my life's pretty good. I don't. Um, I, I do something I love doing. Um, the people that um, that um, that I respect the most know who I am and respect what I do. And and um, you know I don't. Um, I, I'm looking at the Statue of Liberty out my window right now. I, there you I go. To about. Cool. So now you've got the tributes out of the way. You have some original tunes that you're going to present to us? I've been writing the songs for Tender Mercies is where the songwriting has been going. There's about okay. eight songs I've written for that. Yep. I may write, I've written a few other things too. I may make another record sort of parallel with, with the songs for Tender Mercy just so I can have something. Because I'm, I'm tired of doing 
of doing tribute records, you know, for a lot yeah. of reasons. I'm tired of people dying and I'm tired of people, I'm tired of, you know, sort of living in that. And, um, you know, I'm glad I don't regret it, but, but I'm, but I'm ready to make a record of my own material. Um, I don't know if I ever did another tribute record again, somebody suggested I should do, do a Doug Som uh, tribute record. And they're probably right. Cause I knew him longer than I knew these other three guys, you know, really? I mean, yeah. when I was 14 and, and, um, so, um, it's not, um, uh, it's just one of those things I, I write all the time. I haven't stopped writing songs. I just, I just, the, the, the tribute records did get, allow me to concentrate on working on the musical music. Theater takes a long time. I've done two yep. plays with music that I was involved in from the, from the commission. <clears throat> and they both took four years and one was four years. And then, and, and cold country was really six years because we got shut down by COVID and reopened. Right. So I'm a year and a half into Tender Mercies now. And uh, I, so I look for it in about two years, you know, so okay. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the deal. And, and I, I, it's Broadway tracked. It's not it's yeah. not about off Broadway production. It's about a Broadway production. All righty. Well, very good. We better get a roll on because uh, time's a wasting. I got to go to bed. You got to go, go to bed. bed. <laughs> it's o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So. Very good. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking time, staying up and talking to me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the Thanks. record. Hope it does all, whatever it's supposed to be doing these days, whatever records do. And uh, I don't even know what that is, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I I don't think I'm sorry.